1: The following program is sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation.
0: This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one.
1: Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Good morning, and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. I'm Wendy Jones, your host and also owner and operator of Next Steps for Seniors, the business and the foundation. And as you all know, my goal each and every week is really to dive in to the topics that come up as we age. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but yes, we all age, every single one of us, And as we get older, so many things can happen. And my goal really on this program is to talk about those things. And many times people don't want to talk about it, but guess what? I do. So here we are. And tonight, our topic is this morning, I should say, not tonight, this morning. um, Our topic is getting better with our health systems. Okay. So as we age, there's age-friendly health systems and we need to know about those. And we have a we have a great partner in the community, Ascension Providence, Rochester Hospital. And I have Angela Delpup with me here today. Good morning, Ange.
2: Good morning. How
1: are you today? I'm good. We're excited to have you. She's the director of community and senior programs. And we want you listeners to, to be so comfortable and so confident in what your local community hospital can offer uh, in the next hour, because there is so many programs, there is so much amazing things. And this is an opportunity that we have today to share all of that with you so that, you know, when you walk in the doors of the hospital, exactly what to expect and what the focus is really, um, at the hospital. So Angie, I know we talked briefly, um, you and I offline about an age friendly health system. So talk to us a little bit about what that is.
2: An age-friendly health system is. It's a certification that was developed specifically to treat our 65 and over patients that walk through our door, and it's really not a program, but it's a way. It's a way we practice care that we can um, meet the the specific needs of 65 and over. And so there's four, there's four focuses that we look at. We look at what matters most, medication. Mentation and mobility, and so it's integrating that all into um, the care that we provide. Okay,
1: so let's talk a little bit about that because what matters, you know, to each person is is different,
2: really. It is, and that's what's that's what this evidence base um, is practice is all about, is looking at what matters to each individual, because it's different for each one of us, right? And whether you're coming into the hospital and we're asking what matters while you're in the hospital, it could be something as simple as you're in the emergency room, and this actually happened. Um, we asked, you know, what matters to you while you're here? And the patient said, what really matters to me is that I am able to get up and go to the bathroom. And so She was really worried about not being able to make it to the bathroom while she was in the emergency room. And so the nurse said, well, that's easy. We'll bring a commode to you. So she had a bedside commode, and that relieved a lot of the stress and anxiety that she had just sitting there waiting for the rest of her care. Now, that was just one small piece of it, but what matters is different for everyone, and it doesn't have to be your hospital stay. Each and every one of us should think of what matters with our health. I agree with that. Because
1: really, as we age, we all have different objectives, right? And we want to stay healthy as long as we can. And one of the things that matters to me, and we just talked about this briefly, is being able to do things with my grandchildren, right? And I don't even have them yet. (laughs) So I got a long way to I go. I do.
2: I have one. <laughs> and know. and it 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 really does make you stop and think. It's really taking ownership of our health, right? It and is. how do we optimize where we are at this moment and how do we try to set goals for where we're going um as we age? And so as I was sitting on the floor with my 10-month-old baby, Love it. I thought, wow. I want to be able to get up from the floor <laughs> in a few years. Easily, I can sort of do it now. But what do I need to do mm-hmm. to be able to do that? You know, are there some strength some exercises or things that I can do to be able to, you know, be able to do what matters to me at this time?
1: So let's talk a little more about these four M's because what matters is is huge, mm-hmm. and it does. And, it, and listeners, I challenge you to think about what does really matter to you? And, and I love that your team is asking when they come into the hospital, these questions to, to the patients. Um, what are some of the other M's you said medication
2: Medication and medication is one of those things that, you know, we all take medication. If we don't, we might take supplements, but it's one of those things that our bodies change as we get older. And so medications, Um, may not be quite as effective or may have different interactions with other medications. And so one of the things that's really important when you look at that is when you go to your primary care, have them look at all of your medications to make sure there's no interact, you know, that they might interact differently, that they're compatible, that the dosage is right. A lot of people might have more than one doctor or you might have specialists that don't know all the different medications that you're on. And you should really keep a list of what you're Thank on you. I and take to- a picture of it or whatever <laughs> it is, because you need to be able to speak to what medications you're taking. The other thing is, I think, especially with COVID, we've been very... Um, Enlightened to a lot, the benefits of a lot of vitamins and supplements and things like that. You know, you'll hear take magnesium or zinc or vitamin C. Well, some medications interact with different supplements. So you got to be careful as you're mixing all of that. Make sure you're checking with your doctor. That, that it's okay for your age with the other medications you're on. And in the hospital, we look very closely at that because what it can do is it can alter your ability to your mental status, which is mentation, or your mobility, which it might make going you Going into the forearms. Exactly, <laughs> so and that's how it all goes together. If we're looking at what matters and we're looking at your medication and we're also looking at your mental status and your mobility, um, some of those things can can have an impact on the other. And so it's looking at the whole full circle of it.
1: And listeners, I want to echo something Angie said that I think is really critical. Please type up your medications and have them in your purse or in your pocket or somewhere on your body or in your car, somewhere that you can get to. Some people put them inside their phone case Um, I think that it's really, really important. You never know. You just never know when anything could happen. Um, And I say this because my mother-in-law recently, we were at a church function and she blacked out and fainted and hit the ground. And we had to call um, an ambulance and brought her to Ascension Providence Rochester Hospital, where they did an amazing job caring for her. Uh, And she's fine today, just in case anybody (laughs) was nervous, but, but, she knew every single medication she was on, how much she was taking, when the last time she took it. And let me tell you, she pulled her cell phone out and showed the the EMS driver. And I was so proud, of course. And I was like, okay, mom, great job. Because I didn't even know which ones that she was on.
2: Well, and I think it's important too that that information is given to someone else, another family member as well. Because mm-hmm. what if she blacked out and she Couldn't couldn't give that information. And so some records you may have, you know, if they've been to the hospital, you may have some record of that, but not everything. So it is really important. That file of life, you know, those Mm -hmm. are things that you can keep on your refrigerator that someone can grab. Or if you know that it's in their phone, I know my mom sent it to me everything that she's on. So I have it in my phone. So I know what medication she's on. And we update that regularly, but someone else needs to know as well.
1: And, and I, listeners, I, I mean, honestly, this is really, really important. If you do nothing else today, call a loved one and tell them all the meds you're on or type it up so that that's just the one takeaway from today's program. It's critical. It's really, really critical because anything, and especially if you're on more than one or two medications, which the average 65-year-old is, I think the average mm-hmm. 80-year-old, I want to say it's like 15 medications. So if you're only on two and those seem easy to remember, you still need to let somebody in your family right. know and that. And
2: if you're taking supplements, that needs to be, yes, that needs to be recorded as well. If you're taking vitamins or anything like that, make sure that that's recorded as well, because sometimes that will show up in blood work. Or they people the the um, medical professionals need to know that
1: exactly, exactly. And then, like you said, mentation and mobility kind of tie in.
2: They do, they do, um, and and risk assessments and things like that. But it does tie into um, are you. Are you clear? Are you you know when when they're in the hospital, um, we can tell if there's a change in their if they're more confused or seem to be a little bit off if the gait isn't what it was the day before. So we we're watching for all of that what, as we look at our four M's. It's looking at all of that,
1: tying it in to tying it in mm-hmm. daily,
2: every shift, whatever it is, um, whenever it's needed. But it's really really important.
1: I agree with that, Angie. And I'll tell you when you when you look at you know the average person who's coming to the hospital is usually senior related. I mean, we obviously trauma and all things can happen, but if it's senior related, you guys are focusing on, and we're going to get into this into the next Mm -hmm. um, segment specifically on seniors.
2: We are. Well, we have over fifty percent of our patients are. Over the age of 65 mm-hmm. at our hospital. So, and it's just going to grow as we look at our community, you know, it, it, in the next five to 10 years, it's going to grow.
1: So we're going to move into that in our next segment. You're listening to the Patriot FM 101.5 AM 1400 and we'll be back in just a few moments. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. We're here today with Angela Delpup from Ascension Providence Rochester Hospital. And what a great community hospital right here in our backyard. Ascension is a fabulous partner of Next Steps for Seniors and is really focusing on this age-friendly health system, and the four M's that we talked about in the first program, the first segment: what matters, medication, mentation, and mobility. So, Angie, tell us some examples of the four M's as far as in in practice today.
2: In the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, when a patient comes in, where um, this is, we've just started this, so we're rolling it out. But when a patient comes in. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to ask what matters. It's kind of like what your goal is. But when you ask a patient what their goal is, it's really broad and they really don't know how to answer that. So when you frame it in what matters most to you during your hospital stay, it kind of it brings it back to, okay, what do I want to do while I'm here? It might be... Um, I'm in a lot of pain. I'd like to get rid of my pain, or it might be I want to be able to walk around. It might be, um, you know, I wanna, I wanna get out of here, <laughs> right? right? That's like one of the most ones. I don't want to stay. The here, second so you what pull in, I need to get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> so whatever matters most to them, then we look at how do we align our care with what matters, because. As it, healthcare is so complex. When someone comes in, they're thinking about, okay, what clinical things do we need to do, right? But that might not be the most important thing to the patient. And so what matters? So when we look at age-friendly, that's really looking at what matters when they come in. And so sharing that across the healthcare team so that everyone is on the same page. And then we're going to look at... um, what high-risk medications might they be on? And we talked a little bit about medications in the first segment, but what medications are they on? What medications are we using to treat? Are there alternatives? Are there things that we can do instead of medication? You know, with pain, there's a lot of different things you can do before you go right to a pain medicine, right? You can maybe use... um, Warm heat, or maybe um, distraction, or you know, there's a lot of different things, interventions that they can do besides just giving medication. So, looking at those type of things, looking at um, deprescribing. So, are there things that maybe you needed initially? But maybe now we can deprescribe. We can take away some of those medications. Or did you come into the hospital with this med list of all of these different medications? How many of them do you still need? Do you still need to take all of those? And that's a collaboration between the hospital and the primary care physician, too, sometimes. So it might be a call to say, hey, you know, your patient is here. They're on this medication and this medication. We need to treat for... You know whatever diagnosis they came into, but we don't want that interaction, so we're going to de-prescribe this. Um, it might be looking at um, screening for delirium, and that's one of those things that when a when an older patient especially comes into the hospital and you don't know. You're in a room, you can't tell if it's day or night. It's hard. You might not be able to see the clock. You might not know what day. It's very easy to get confused. And so, what kind of things can we do to reduce that? We can maybe have large clocks every day. The, the nurse will come in and say, it's Tuesday today and it is nine o'clock and it is, you know, February. Well, today's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. We're testing. We're doing We're in this. February we're now. Doing, we're doing this on Monday. Um, but anyway, so, you know, it's, it, did you know that it's Valentine's Day? And so to help them orient where they are. And so looking at things like that to help Prevent confusion and delirium. And, and so the
1: goal is every 12 hours to, to come in and have those conversations right. and then document those results. Right. That is excellent. Right. Because and you're even- tracking and you're watching and you're paying attention.
2: Exactly. And they are doing, that's just part of what they, their, their care it. anyway. So it's just kind of a heightened awareness of this is why we're doing and this is how it all works together. Um, looking at making sure they're getting enough oral hydration. Are we giving them enough water? Are they eating properly? Um, are they getting? Are they? Do they have all of their adaptive equipment? Do they have their hearing aids? Do they have their glasses? Do they have their phone? And is there? Are there batteries for those things? Right. That's and a charger. Really, How about and that? Charger. Yeah, I don't know how many times I it's happened can only when, imagine. When we'll say, we'll bring you a charger. You know, like mm-hmm. we can get you a charger or the batteries are out. They can't, we don't even know, we might not even know that they have hearing aids, right? Right. And, like, and we think people are very good at nodding their head and trying to read lips, but you're not getting all of the information that you need. So making sure they have all of that. Um also, looking at um, if they need if they're having trouble sleeping, what can we do to help? Sleep, not interrupt your sleep and, versus giving them a sleeping aid. That's kind of a last resort. You know, making sure that all of everything we need to do is done by nine o'clock, and we're gonna close the door for you, we're going to try and reduce the noise, things like that to make sure that our patients get the sleep that they need. Now yes, sometimes they have to come in, but we try and reduce that so that people get a good night's sleep. And there are,
1: and I I love that you're saying this, because there are a lot of things, even sometimes an extra pillow makes all the difference in the world to a patient. Mm -hmm. You know, or an extra blanket, maybe they're cold, you know, or they want to sleep on their side, they need help putting the bed down. So there are a lot of things that we can be doing, and I Love that you're, you know, you guys do this on a regular basis. But it is um, shocking to me how much can happen in a hospital, and how we are just so reliant upon the care. And these four Ms that you're exhibiting—I mean, this is exactly, you know, with the with the renewed focus and with the goal and getting the team on the same page. I love what Ascension Providence Rochester Hospital is doing with this. Yeah, it, it really is, it, is remarkable. And it I know really it's a work in process, it and we're is. just starting. We are. So, we listeners, are. this is just yes, we we're just in the beginning got, phases. we
2: participant level. We'll, um, we're, we'll work towards our, our second uh, level two but it really is on the right page. And like I said, a lot of this stuff we are already doing. You are.
1: We're mm-hmm. already
2: doing it, but it's really the intention behind putting them all together and tying them all together. So a lot of this stuff we already have in our medical records. They're already asking what kind of medications. They already have teams, medical teams, and pharmacists looking at medication and things like that. But it's, I think it's more the intention around what matters most, And the intention around how all of these things impact each other.
1: And I want to add, uh, listeners, because this is a great opportunity to do it. Um, Angie mentioned the PCP, which is your primary care physician. And listeners, if you have ever been in the hospital, it is really important to follow up with your primary care physician because like she mentioned earlier, that is kind of like the gatekeeper. That's kind of like the person that's overseeing your care and everything funnels in through that primary care physician. So as the hospital, whatever hospital you're in, is always going to ask you when you come into the hospital in the emergency room, who is your primary care physician? And they will send all your paperwork, that anything that happened within your hospital stay, to that primary care physician upon your um, discharge. And so it really, really is important to follow up uh, because what the last thing you want is not to have your PCP know or to not have a PCP.
2: Not to have a PCP, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things too is make sure you have your PCP. A lot of people have many specialists. Like my sister, who is not even, you know, she's, I think she, she's 51. But she said, I finally went and had a full physical. And after oh, 12 years, I'm like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, we don't think about that. She goes, well, I've always got my mammogram. And that." like, you need to have a full Physical, every year.
1: And it's got to be a person, one doctor that's overseeing everything. And that PCP knows you inside and out. Mm -hmm. And I say every time I go see my doctor, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're my new best friend. Mm -hmm. Because they become more important as we age, right? You start understanding Mm -hmm. your doctors more. You know your doctors more. You see your doctors more. This is just something that happens. So let's embrace this time and not be fearful I do not want anyone to be fearful of going to the doctor. They're there for a reason. Their goal is to help you stay healthy and to keep you that way. Um, And so you don't end up in the hospital. But if you do and something happens, my goodness, let's get it fixed and go back to the PCP. So it's just a good opportunity to tie that in. It
2: is. It's really important. And I think it's another big important piece of this is really we have ownership over our own health, right? We... We need to take that ownership. We need to find out. It's very confusing, but we know what we need. If your if your doctor says you could, you know, you're borderline diabetic, and we need you to get, you know, start eating healthy. We need to figure out how we're gonna eat, how we're gonna get healthier, what foods we need to do, what we need to do, because no one else can do it for us.
1: Yes, exactly. We are our best advocate. And if you have family or close members or a power of attorney, that's your next best advocate. Mm-hmm. But we need to be advocates and we need to take action and take care of our health. And your hospital has so many programs people can participate oh, in, health and nutrition and exercise and so many partnerships. And it's amazing. So take advantage of these things. And there's not even a charge for 90% of them. Absolutely so hard. this is an opportunity to make a difference. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. I am here today with Angela Delpop, and she is from Ascension Providence, Rochester Hospital and the director of community and senior programs. And our topic today is really focusing on the senior and focusing on your care and all the initiatives that the hospital is currently taking to really guide and focus uh, on this age-friendly health system. So our goal today really, and I want to share this, listeners, with you, because I think it's so critical when you do go into the hospital – the number one takeaway I feel that I learned with having my loved ones in the hospital recently is to have an advocate outside of yourself, whether it be a child or a neighbor. Everybody needs their person, okay? Whoever your person is. So think about if ever you couldn't answer a question or you were very confused, who do you trust enough? to be your person, to be standing next to you, and to listen to the information, interpret it, and make a good decision. So I just want to encourage everyone who's listening to this program, think of who that person is, because I'm thinking of that person right now too. <laughs> and I want you to just um, you know, talk, have a conversation with that person and say, hey, if anything ever happens, if I go in the hospital for any reason will you be that person for me? Will you come Will you come visit me? Will you be there when the doctor comes in and listen and talk to them on my behalf? And another term for this is power of attorney. Um, but I think it's really, really important, even if you don't have the legal documents drawn up, to have that person that you trust with you in that situation. Uh, and then to have a, a PCP, your primary care physician. So I'm begging you listeners, I'm pleading with you, to please, please get a primary care physician if you don't already have one. It is really critical, especially as we age, especially as we age. Okay, so we're going to switch gears and move into what Ascension Providence Rochester Hospital is doing in their ED, which is an emergency department, because we like to use these acronyms all the time. Um, So Angie, tell us a little bit about what's on the horizon at uh, Ascension Providence Rochester
2: Hospital. Ascension Providence Rochester has had a senior focus for quite a few years. We've had a few designated rooms that were our senior friendly rooms, but what we're doing is we're moving that throughout the emergency room, and partially because it's really hard to operationalize getting those patients in those specific rooms. We might they might already be full, or we might not be able to, you know, finagle what room they're in. So the the difference between those rooms and the rest of the hospital um, that we're gonna we're in the process of doing throughout is a couple of a, a few. Things. One of them is a non-skid floor, and so very important that the the floor is non-skid. Obviously, when we talk, talk about our four M's, mobility, and is really big important. One. So we don't want we want to prevent falls. So um, non-stick floor. The other things are paint. The color of the paint is really important. We had kind of a. It was at the time. It was pretty in style but more of a yellowy yellow. type mm-hmm. and yellow is like one of the worst colors when you look at um it was really popular at the time but but going with a color that's a little more muted and you want to be able to have a difference between the the floor and the the walls, so that there's a distinction, so that you can see that that difference. Even having a different color floor in the main hallway than in the bays, so that you can see where the room starts and ends. Um, that's so we're we're working on that. The other thing is sound, and so one of the things that's really important. A lot of emergency rooms, which we have right now, you have the curtains. In and out, easier. We're replacing that all with glass doors. So So we will have glass doors, so it will be much quieter in there. Special bedding and... recliners, so different type of furniture. So having the chairs with the armrests so that it's easier to get up and versus the chairs that, that don't have any arms on them. Yeah. Have,
1: when you, when you, when you fall into a chair, literally when you're down inside of a chair and you've got to stand up with no armrests, don't even have it's words. It's kind
2: of like getting off the floor <laughs> for the grandbaby, right? Exactly. <laughs> but you need, you need to have something to, mm-hmm. to push off of. So things like that. Even, um, taking having some of our rooms have recliners because it's really uncomfortable to lay in a bed. Um, so laying, you know, having a recliner, depending on what you're coming in for, if you're, if it's more comfortable and it's okay for whatever reason you're in there to be in a recliner, to have a recliner. So little things like that, large clocks, um, sound and lighting lighting is really important too so having in lower lighting and different things like that to make the environment and really we say it's for seniors but you know what it's It's for for all of us I was just gonna say (laughs) anyone so when you walk in when you walk into an environment whether you're a child whether you're you know 20s 30s 40s you're if you're walking into the emergency room there's something wrong you may not know what's wrong so you're already feeling stressed or anxious and so then you walk in and you know it there's a lot of noise and, you know, things going on and moving here or there, it, it, it increases your anxiety, anxiety, which, and we know right now, everyone, the mental health is such a big piece right now. So what can we do to help eliminate some of that? And, and, Calm paint and the environment you're walking into is just going to make a huge difference. So we are in the process of that and we hope to hopefully by the end of the, um, by the end of the year have that done. We would have had it done faster, but it's really hard to get like materials. Products, and really? Right
1: now. <laughs> yeah, we all kind of know that. So one of the things too, large print large print menus mm-hmm. anything we're reading because you know you are supposed to pick your your menu items for example mm-hmm. and even my husband i mean at this point flashlights on trying to look at the menu in the restaurant right. so you know these are the things that they're doing that are making a difference so they're catering to you seniors this is what they're doing mm-hmm. so i i want you to feel confident i want you to feel you know, it, you're in a position that you are safe, and they are right here for you, taking care of you and doing all the right things and gearing their services towards you seniors, they really are. And you guys are doing all the right things. So I just want to encourage you. And I do love that you're getting more comfortable furniture and and armrests and all the good stuff because they're there, right? And your loved ones are coming in to visit Mm -hmm. and you want to be able to have people there and you want to be able to lay in the bed for a few days and not be like, okay, my back hurts.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And the other big piece is not getting, getting our seniors out of bed. So we don't want them to lay there. So part of the the mobility of the four M's is at least three times a day getting them out, getting them out to eat. So if, if some in some we might have them walk, you know, in the rehab. Sometimes they might have them walk mm-hmm. down to the dining room, or but at least get them out of bed into a chair, walk to. Um, you know, make sure they're walking around. A lot of, in most cases, physical therapy is involved. So getting physical therapy, occupational therapy, and to see our patients. And so that's really, really important because the longer you lay, sit, and not move around, the, the harder it is. And Mobility forward. is so important. Mm-hmm. And, and and you are scared. Listeners,
1: I, I get this. When you're in the hospital and you've got all these nurses and doctors coming in and out and you're just laying in the bed, you're thinking, can I get up? But listen yesterday or the day before you were probably driving a car so yes you just need the confidence get up and the more you move the better you are
2: and there are people there to help you that's their job mm-hmm. I mean that's that's what they're there for and don't hesitate to ask so some people don't like to be a burden or they don't wanna to I'm not want to i am not going to say anything or no say it. you have to again we're being an, our advocate for ourselves the advocate. Right? if you you need to you, you need to express that and If you want to get up, ask for help. That's what they're there for. Yep. There's a little button that you
1: push, Mm -hmm. and they come in and say, (laughs) What can I do for you? And you say, I'd really like to get up. Can you walk with me? You know? And if they can't do it, trust me, they will find someone who can. They will. And these are the things that are so important um, when we say be your advocate, have a voice you know, you're there and you want to have a voice and you want to communicate as much as you possibly can and be kind, please. <laughs> yes. These sweet nurses have probably worked maybe 10 hours and uh, you know, <laughs> 12. I mean, be kind. You don't right. have to ask rude or disrespectful. You can ask in a very kind, appropriate, loving manner. And And I feel like patience is a virtue, right? I mean, we all need to exhibit it a little bit better Mm -hmm. um, in this world, but definitely in a hospital, definitely in a hospital. Um, One of the other things before we go to break, I wanted to mention is if you ever are in the hospital, ask what your diagnosis is to say, what is what is it that you were able to find out why I'm here? You know, whether it's pneumonia, whether it's, you know, a heart issue, AFib, whatever the diagnosis is, you do want to know that because that's information that's going to help you in talking to your primary care physician and all your other specialists. And it is critical. They give you discharge paperwork. Keep that paperwork. Read the paperwork. You know, people are like, I don't know. I just got out of the hospital. I'm like, well, what does your discharge paperwork say? They're like, what's that? Every single person who goes into the hospital will have discharge paperwork. Please pay attention to that. We'll be back in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Today we're here with Angie Delpup from Ascension Providence Rochester Hospital. And our topic is really focused on seniors and, and going into the hospital and what you need to know and all the innovative, amazing things that Ascension has been doing locally right here uh, in Michigan and in our community Um, One of the things that I wanted to have Angie kind of recap for you is some of the new innovative things that um, have already been happening and are still to come in the future. So share with us. I know one of them was, uh, it's called CoroFlow, I believe. Corfo- Tell our listeners a little bit about what yeah, you're doing Corfo at the hospital. Yeah, CoroFlow
2: technology is really exciting because we are one of seven in the country that have this technology. Our medical director, Dr. Choksi, is um, able to use this technology to um, look at the small veins in the um that, that go through the body to diagnose. So when we look at blood flow, like, and, and issues, it's 10% of issues, cardiac, um, or blood flow clots, things like that happen in the large veins, but 90% happen in our small veins. And so this technology can diagnose the, the small veins, which is really huge. And so it's, it's exciting. I'm not, um, really <laughs> technology sa- savvy or a cardiologist, but it's really exciting. And it's exciting to be paving the way for some of this interventional work that is, is coming along. And when you think of, we're just, you know, we're not just a community hospital right. anymore. Even we close. have, we have so much we can do in Rochester.
1: And when you think of the whole nation, honestly, and, your hospital right here is one of seven nationwide who has this technology. Yep, one it's of amazing. Seven. I know it is, and and so you know if you have heart issues, I mean, I know you have a heart clinic there. You've got new equipment. You have this innovative technology with Coral Flow. I mean, these are the times right now. I mean, thank goodness. I'm thankful. I'm very thankful right here in Rochester, Michigan. So what are some of the other things? I know there's others One of the
2: other things about. we've been working on is um, we now have a surgeon that can do um, a lot of work with deep brain stimulation. And what's really cool about this is it's for for people who have certain types of Parkinson's and, and, um, and movement disorders and tremors and things like that. They found really great success. Implanting, it's kind of like a pacemaker for your brain. So they implant this into the brain and it has had tremendous results reducing tremors for, for some of our patients who've, who suffer from advanced, um, Parkinson's, Parkinson's. and, and tremor. And I think they've even had some success with it with some epilepsy and things like that. But we're wow. doing that in that's Rochester. Excellent. It's right amazing. Here. Yeah, right in here. Rochester.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's it's phenomenal. I that's what, you know, it's important for us to to have this program to be able to educate you listeners because sometimes you might know not know about all this exciting stuff going on at the hospital. Honestly,
2: I didn't even know about some of this <laughs> stuff until recently. <laughs>
1: It's great, and and you can have the confidence knowing that it's cutting edge, it's technology, and it's right here in your backyard. And I
2: think that the thing that's really important to know is that this is something that we are we we don't stop just because we have you know this technology. We're always looking for the next best thing, and what else can we bring? What physicians do we need to be able to do some of this stuff? I don't know if you saw Channel Seven last week, but um, on Channel Seven, uh, Carolyn Clifford did a did a clip on. Um, Um, One of our physicians who was able to treat a patient with a pretty severe aneurysm and with some new neurointerventional technology, he was able to, this patient had a lot of other health issues, and and it was funny because he stressed the importance of working with primary care too because her primary care was able to address some of her other health issues. She was a smoker. She had um, diabetes, things like that, but was able to get her to a point where she could have surgery because it was too risky initially, and but it, she had a very large aneurysm in her in her brain, and so this technology that he does, Dr. Wapham, he can go in through the the leg and the vein, and how they would treat cardiac issues by stopping at the heart, he takes it all the way up through the neck into the brain, and was able to 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 treat the the clot there. She went home the next day. She feels like
1: a new person. She she, can't even believe the difference. I did see that, by the way, on Channel 7. And I do feel like that was remarkable. It's amazing. The technology and the innovation that you are able... And it's right here. And Dr. Wampum, for the record, amazing amazing doctor. He He actually was who was helping my mother-in-law when Mm -hmm. she was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. All my stories. Mm -hmm. Got lots of stories (laughs) this time. (laughs) Yes, Dr. Wampum is awesome. Um, So... Angie, we talked about a lot on this program today. We covered a lot of ground, and some people might just be tuning in. We've only got five minutes left in the program. So I would love for us just to recap, you know, from the beginning in the first segment, uh, some of the things that we talked about and in you know, the direction that the hospital's taking
2: well we 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 really have a big focus on our seniors and treating our patients 65 and over and not to say we're not doing other things obviously we are but our seniors are do make up about over 50% of the patients in our hospital. So it's really, really important that we gear our care for our seniors. And so we talked about our age-friendly health system, which we're a participant in right now. We're going for level two. But what that means is we are really focusing our care on um, 4Ms. And so we're we're integrating into our practice. This is evidence-based. If we look at what matters most, medication, mentation, and mobility, and how those all intertwine in the patient's care, um, we can really have a much better outcome. And really, it's about ownership of our care. So we always want to know what matters to us and expressing that to our healthcare um, professionals, letting them know what matters, Um, we also talked about a lot of the different things that we can do to take care of ourselves, right? We we need to be an advocate. We have to be an advocate. Yes. We have to have regular primary care visits. We need to know what matters to us. What does matter to you? And it, it's different and it changes. It could change every year. It could change by the month depending on what's going on. So really what matters? And taking ownership of that. What can we do? Um, how do we... How do we take care of ourselves? What can we do if, if we're having, um, digestive issues and we find out we have gallbladder? You know, what can we do with that? Do we keep eating the same things that, that trigger it? And no, we want to find out what is going to make it better and what can we do? So it's really looking at all of that and it can change. You know, it can change on the dime, but just knowing that, don't ignore those things. I think it's really important that we do that. And in the hospital, just know that we are gonna look at it all. We're gonna try and, and integrate all of that together. We're gonna look at the medication that you're taking to make sure it's not having an impact on on your your mental status. Is it making you confused? Is it making you so tired that you can't get out of bed? Because we want you to be able to get out of bed and move around. Mobility is really important. So all of those things have an impact.
1: And I just want to add to that because I do think it's critical um, when and if you do ever go to the hospital, truly communicate as much as you possibly can. Articulate your concerns and do it with kindness. I really think we have to just work together And our nurses, our doctors, I mean, they are our frontline workers and they have been through so much and they have been there probably 12 hours by the time you're getting in there. So, and they give you the utmost attention, just like you were the first patient they saw that day. That's true. So I just want to over articulate to really communicate as much as you can and get your person. We talked about this in segment two, find a person that you trust grab a hold of them and say hey will you be my person if i ever go to the hospital or i need an advocate will you be that person for me i think it's really critical
2: i think the other thing to remember too most seniors don't want to be a burden and so i think it's really important that you express yourself you let your you let them know what your needs are you if they ask you if you're in pain be honest don't it's it's okay to tell them yes i'm in pain or if they ask you what your score is you <laughs> Tell them, don't you are not a burden. We cannot fully care for you. We can't do everything we need to do if you're not giving us all of the information. And I know I've seen this over and over again. You know, we just sit there and we're like, oh, "Well, I'm not going to push the button," or "I don't want to. I don't want to bother them. They're so busy." No, they're not. Even they're there if, for you. They're there to take care of every single patient there. So be an advocate for yourself. But you are not a burden. It's better to speak up than than not. And- and, and if you can't hear them, say, can you
1: please speak up?
2: Exactly. Or if you don't have your hearing aids or you don't have your glasses or that's really important because some of you are really, people are really good at reading lips, but you're going to miss some stuff.
1: <laughs> and you don't want to miss something when you're in the hospital. Angie, I am so thankful you were here today. Well, thank you I, so much. I love it's always fun. Yes. I love the innovative things that you are doing right here right here in our yeah. local community. In Rochester, and it's exciting. It's amazing. So listeners, please, 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 please do not hesitate. Do not be frightened. You can be confident, you are secure, and you are safe going to Ascension Providence Rochester Hospital. And you're listening to The Patriot at FM 101.5 AM 1400. And each and every week, we do our best to bring pertinent information. So have a
0: blessed week. You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps, For Seniors, with your host Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248 651 5010. That's 248 651 5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one.
1: The preceding program was sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation